Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. D2 playoffs. Augustana, the Northern Sun champ, beat Minnesota State 51-24 in Sioux Falls today. Augustana will advance to round number two against number one seed, Colorado School of Mines out in Golden next week. Meanwhile, Bemidji State down to Texas. They played at Texas Permian Basin today and won a tight one, 10-3. They'll take on Central Washington next week. Uh, neither team was seeded and was on the road and got wins today. Maybe Bemidji State will get a home game out of the deal Next week, on to the D3 playoffs. Bethel was at Whitewater. UW-Whitewater won comfortably. Meanwhile, Minnesota Morris was on the road at UW-Lacrosse, and Lacrosse won big in that one. To talk all things D3 football uh, on the line, Pat Coleman. Uh, Pat, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Quite a day in Division Three for sure. Yeah, let's let's get into some of those uh, games we talked about. Uh, MIAC champ Bethel had to go on the road at UW Whitewater and at large. Seems a little unusual to me. Yeah, normal in a normal year it definitely would be, Steve. I think one of the reasons this year is you know Bethel comes in or came into the playoffs with an eight and two record, so. You know, it was not your typical MIAC champ. You know, if we were accustomed to it being St. John's 10-0, you know, you would be at home in the first round and play somebody uh, different than Whitewater. Kind of a kind of a tough draw. Steve Johnson wants to go out in his final game, but, uh, you know, hats off to Whitewater. That is a, that's a really good team they've got down there uh, in the Warhawks this year. And a tough draw for Minnesota Morris, champ of the UMAC. Uh, they go to UW Lacrosse, and uh, that 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 was tough. And we typically see that with the right, UMAC it, champ. Yeah, it, the champ of typically the champ of the athletic uh, conference against the champ. I'm uh, sorry, uh, I'm yeah. in the middle of uh, I'm in the middle of the woods in northern Michigan, where I was at Alma today. I'm sorry if my uh, phone connection isn't great. Yeah, it, it's cutting out a little bit, but Lacrosse wins at sixty-two to seven. A couple other scores, uh, and maybe we'll just let you go because you are in the woods. Uh, Wartburg uh, rolls over Illinois College. Wartburg down in Iowa, 49-14 the final. They are the real deal. Uh, they really are. Uh, Wartburg's looking good. Hunter Clausen with another great game uh, running the ball again today. Niall McLaughlin throws for three touchdowns. 
So, you know, not, uh, you know, these the top seeds in the Division Three bracket usually advance pretty easily in the first round, and that is another instance like that today. All right, uh, give us a feel. Uh, do either of the WIEC teams, lacrosse or Whitewater, have a legitimate shot to get on a run this year and go deep? Well, I think so, Steve. The thing is, is that North Central, the defending national champ and now winners of 26 in a row, they're in the same half of the bracket as those two teams. So uh, whatever team ends up uh, getting out to face them, and maybe they both will, maybe uh, lacrosse might face them in the quarters and Whitewater might face them in the semis. I think they expect to be pretty good games, but man, North Central right now, head and shoulders above everybody else. So we'll see how that progresses during this playoff. All right, uh, safe travels. Keep an eye out for Deer. Uh, I will. Thank you, Steve. All right, there he is, Pat Coleman, D3Football.com, joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline and uh, traveling uh, through the, the uh, woods of Michigan. And, yeah, it, Deer, definitely a factor uh, in in that part of the world. So you're up to date on the scoreboard. We'll get Jonathan Loback in here and we'll do another update on the Big Ten, the top 25. But one of the things I wanted to bring up before we go there, and it was Colorado and Washington State, and that game was played on Friday night, and Colorado got blown out. And it is amazing to me, guys, producer Josh Wheeler, Jonathan Lowe on the scoreboard, um, how the narrative changed. Out of the gate, it was all about Coach Prime, Deion Sanders in Colorado, and the success they had had really taken college football by storm. But in reality, it's year one for a Colorado program that had struggled mightily. And the fact of the matter is, is it's going to take time for him to recruit and build some depth to be able to compete with the likes of Oregon, et cetera. And in reality, uh, as the landscape in college football changes, there, there's a lot of established pro- programs out there that you know go deep and have just a lot more talent than Coach Prime, Josh. Yeah, it's uh, it's you and I kind of talked about a little a little earlier. You can't have Shadur Sanders and Travis Hunter and have everyone else living in that world. You have to kind of spread it out, kind of give a little bit of love to everybody, not just make the team about those two players and get all the endorsement deals and you know, NIL deals for those two players and have everything else try and you know figure it's, itself out. And that's kind of how I feel. I don't know how you guys feel about it as far, as far as Colorado goes, but I feel like that was pretty much how that team was revolved around was it was those two players and everybody else is just living in their space. There's no room for other people to breathe, other people to succeed when you have pretty much the spotlight on the two players. And that is essentially the – the, the focal points of your of your program. And unfortunately, it's been a bumpy one. It went from you didn't forget what time these guys were oh, well, playing. The, it week. was the story. Yeah, you didn't early. forget when yeah. you, you knew when they were playing each and every week, the first three, four weeks of the season to wait. They played on Friday night against Colorado, uh, against, excuse me, Washington State. Uh, yeah, not uh, not the it's been quite the decline for that team. Well, uh, there are a few things to look at when it comes to this iteration of Colorado. The first one is 
The Pac-12, you talk about the Friday night games. The Pac-12 has had the Friday night game for a couple years now, three, four years, I believe. And that might be part of the reason that they're dissolving, that this conference will be no more after, what, December 2nd, December 1st? Well, Oregon State and Washington State are going to try and keep it alive and and to have that partnership with the Mountain West and – We'll see if they can draw some teams in there. But but in reality, for Colorado, it, it still comes down to players on the field. I think Deion Sanders, I think he can coach. I think he's proven that. I think he knows the game. I think he can recruit. And and there's no doubt he is a magnet for attention. But it well, still the, comes down to players. Well, the second thing is, yes, the players were the second thing that I was going to talk about. This team was a one-win team last year. You talked about struggling mightily. They only won one game in the entirety of their schedule last year. And the amount of turnover that they had at this on this roster is staggering. It's, it's like a fire sale in MLB or the NBA. Um, basically, you're taking – all this turnover, and you're trying to turn around. They got four wins early. They had Fox game day or or, or their big noon kickoff, whatever, uh, mm-hmm. out there most of the time. The other thing is, let's see what happens next year. Because remember, you talked about them getting up to the likes of Oregon and Washington and USC. They ain't going to be playing Oregon or Washington yeah, and USC no. because they're going to the Big 12. And they're going going to a Big 12 without Oklahoma and without Texas. So now what's going to happen to that conference with their heavy hitters going to the SEC? This is going to be a fascinating watch over the next couple of seasons. And again, there are some people out there clamoring, hey, Dion needs to get the Texas A&M job. Eh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Uh, but, but the next couple of seasons will be very interesting to watch to see how that program progresses. And again, Travis, Travis Hunter, Shador Sanders – they were the headliners coming in. You could have a couple headliners and win at the FCS level. You got to have more, but you got to have time to get more at the FBS level and, and at Power yeah. Five level. Yeah, and and I agree with you on that part too. It's when it comes to the the season, the turnaround of the season for Colorado. I think everybody was expecting to basically take the whole handful of Colorado and just flip it on the opposite side and just be a successful program this season we all saw the hype train start we just saw it also crash this year and i know this is radio so no nobody but us three can see this but we're watching on our screens two teams that are headed to the big 10 after i believe this season maybe next season i can't remember which this one is. season it'll be but yeah they'll be, they'll be in the big 10 yeah, next usc year. and ucl are, are battling it out right now and uh we won't see those teams against colorado anytime soon because they are leaving the pac-12 but uh, in Going back to the point I made, to to compete at at the highest level of college football, yeah, you you you, you don't need a few stars. You need depth. You you look at Michigan or Ohio State teams that are we're very familiar with in the Big Ten, or you brought up Oklahoma and Texas, who are headed over to the SEC, or the elite programs like Georgia and Alabama. There there is a depth of talent and. I think for Coach Prime, Deion Sanders in Colorado, to get to the level, that that's going to take years if he's around that long in Colorado. There's a lot of people wondering about that. Is the stage in the future Big 12 big enough, 
or is he going to eventually end up somewhere in the Big Ten, somewhere in the SEC, or be coaching on Sunday? I think two things are true with this. I think Colorado has dramatically improved over what they were last season. absolutely. And I also think that this proves, in my opinion, that the Pac-12 this season, this one single season, is the deepest conference in college football, even more than the SEC, even more than the Big Ten, especially more than the Big Ten, and even more than the Big 12. The Pac-12 has a depth of teams that can go out there and compete on a high level the entirety of the season. Yeah, and it is going to be a gigantic challenge for those teams, particularly in the Big Ten West or the perennial bottom feeders in what we know as the Big Ten East right now with USC, UCLA, Oregon eventually, and Washington eventually. They're all coming in. And and the skill and the speed that that they're going to bring to the league. And by the way, it all all changes after Thanksgiving because all four of those teams are in the Big Ten next season. Yep. So it, it, it is going to be a major, major shift. But, uh, yeah, it looks like uh, Colorado, uh, barring a waiver, if they need a bowl team, uh, would not be bowl eligible. They would need to get a waiver at this point. Well, they'd, they'd, they'd also need to get another win because they only have four wins at this right. point. Right, and they, they, have, they have one game, and then they'd need the way They definitely need another win. And that's against Utah. Yeah. Not looking good. Yeah. Good, good luck with that, by the way. Uh, another talented team out west. Quick break. We'll come back. High school football semifinals wrapping up today, tonight at U.S. Bank Stadium. Prep Bowl is almost set next Friday and Saturday. And uh, big surprise, perennial power. Number one, Eden Prairie got beat by Edina last night. Head coach Jason Potts will join us in a moment. Sports Saturday. We'll have another rundown of all the scores still to come. Former Viking beat writer Chris Thomason of the Pioneer Press. He's now out in Denver, and we'll get a Viking Bronco preview with Chris coming up later on in the show. We'll have another rundown of the Big Ten top 25 scores. Gophers getting thumped at Ohio State. They're down 30-0 to zero in the third quarter. Buckeyes favored by 27.5 going in. Final day of the football semifinals at U.S. Bank Stadium, and... One that really stood out in the semifinals. Number one, 6A, Eden Prairie, taking on Edina. And the Hornets dominate and win 28-7. Head coach Jason Potts joins us on the line. And coach, congrats on a big win. I know uh, people that follow high school football, that that was an eye-opener on Friday night. Yeah, it was uh, it was a fun game. It was very exciting. It was fun to be down at the bank, and uh, it was fun to play a great opponent like Eden Prairie. Yeah, and you're you're so familiar with these guys. You played them earlier in the year, game two. They beat you thirty six fourteen to turn it around and really dominate the football game on Friday night. I mean, what what was the change from week two to uh, last night? It's 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 extraordinary. Yeah, thank you. I think uh, playing them earlier in the year actually really helped us. Uh, They're such a great program, and so sometimes when you show up and you see the size and the speed and the strength of your opponent, you can get intimidated uh, early on. But our guys knew what to expect um, going into the second time. And in the first game, we had a lot of turnovers, and we did not play anywhere near our best football. And our focus has been on the last eight weeks, we've been on an eight-game winning streak, is 
showing up prepared and ready to go and, and being at our best and being able to execute. And I think that was a key contributor to being the difference in the game is we played a really, really good game. Yeah, it, it's an unbelievable turnaround. You won the opener over Egan. You dropped three in a row. Eden Prairie, Minnetonka, Wyzetta, uh, familiar names, big school, high school football. And then your team, as you pointed out, has reeled off eight in a row. Some very impressive wins, including two over Stillwater. I saw your team uh, win in the the quarterfinals, 49-21, to dominating a good Stillwater Ponies team up at Park Center, and then, of course, the win last night. It, it is really impressive. Uh, a 1-4 and four team now in Preble, that doesn't happen. Or a 1-3 and three football team now in Preble, that doesn't happen very much. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it doesn't. And so I think it's a credit to our players. We had to actually lose those games early on. That was probably the best thing that happened to us because it showed us what it has to, what it has to be like at practice. We didn't have our, our, our best practices during those weeks. We had some good ones, but they weren't our best. And every day, the next day has to be the best practice. And our kids respond to that. They understand that, and they commit to it. And it has shown uh, wonders for our, our season to really turn it around. Uh, it's been a fantastic run. It's been super fun and very supportive from our community. And we're just thrilled to, to be in this game. Jason Potts, uh, head coach at Edina. They are in the 6A title game prep bowl next Friday night at U.S. Bank Stadium, and he joins us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker hotline. Uh, let's start with your quarterback, Mason West. Just a sophomore, very impressive. The the, the poise, the decision-making, um, re- really impressed to watch him play. Yeah, I think he said two really great skills and qualities that he has. And, uh, you know, he gets his first start against Egan earlier in the year and has a good game. And, uh, you know, I put a lot of pressure on Mason. He has a lot of the responsibilities and the decision-making and the run-pass options that we run. Um, He has to know the entire offense. And then because he plays quarterback, he has to have that leadership quality where the offense runs through him. And being a sophomore, that adds an extra element to it. But he has stepped up in every single way that I've asked. He puts in the extra work. He asks questions where he doesn't understand. He's very coachable. He has a really strong arm. He gets the ball out on time. And then he inspires his teammates and is a great vocal leader as well. And so uh, just a great player and a great kid. Yeah, and, and a kid who excels at other sports, you know, there's, there's this tendency in, in the big schools especially, well, i got to specialize. i got to be, a, you know, if you're a girl, a volleyball player only. But but the fact that, you know, he's he's playing football and a pretty darn good hockey player as well. Yeah, I mean, as a ninth grader, he was a starter on the first line of Adidas hockey team that goes to the – uh, Excel Energy Center seems like every single year and it's a great program and you know we've got a handful of hockey players this year and it's been great and I've always said you know let's get a great experience at all of our sports and you know not just football and hockey but I'm, I'm going around school telling everybody to get involved as many activities as you can so that you know you make those lifelong friends you create those memories and those stories that last forever and so uh, we're getting some of those hockey players back, and it's turning out to be a, a great experience and a great story for us. Another guy we got to bring up is your senior running back, John Warpinski. Uh, th- th- this guy is impressive as well. Um, he, he he runs with, with speed and power. He, he's really got all the ingredients and 
you know, late in that game was still running over people. Yeah, he is uh, tough to tackle. He uh, We call them bull yards, and, you know, that's yards after that first contact, and he stacks up a lot of those yards. And the result is that we get those key first downs we can burn the clock if we need to. We bring in uh, an extra guy in the box from the defense, and that opens up our passage game. And so we're going to take what the defense gives us, and we're going to control the clock and be physical and wear teams down. And it starts with our offensive line and John Warpinski. And I think what makes John an exceptional running back is his understanding of the plays and where they're supposed to hit and combined with his vision. He hits it exactly how it's designed. Um, and he's so coachable in that aspect. We have a lot of run plays that look the same, but they're different wrinkles, and he understands uh, all of that. And so he hits the seams, and, and then he puts on the power and the speed and all of those things that make him a great running back. And then when you combine all those skills together and his leadership and his enthusiasm for the game and his teammates and Edina, he's another fantastic player for us. Jason Potts, head coach at Edina, they beat Eden Prairie. In uh, the semifinals last night, 28-7, dominating win. They'll get Centennial in the 6A championship game. And, and you know, Coach, we don't have enough time to talk about everybody, but, you know, the, those guys, quarterback, running back, can't do it without the O-line. And then, obviously, holding a, a terrific team like Eden Prairie to seven points, credit the defense as well. I mean, it, it, it is the ultimate team game, and your guys really stepped up. Yeah, the defense doesn't get enough credit. Uh, I get a lot of questions about John Lopinski and Mason West and Meyer Sweeney and Sonny Viegas and our offensive line, Um, and those are all well-deserved. And I'd like to point out that our defense has been stepping up huge. And if you look at the game uh, last night against Eden Prairie, uh, they had to stop the run and they had to stop it early. We couldn't allow Eden Prairie to sustain long drives, take 10 minutes off the clock. And, and and they did that. And and then when we got the lead, we felt like they were going to try to pass the ball. And that's when we forced our turnovers and stole a lot of momentum. So Cade Chrysler on the defensive line, Owen Kemper, we've got a lot of great players to talk about on the D, on the defensive side and our, and our, and our coaching staff on the offense uh, and the defense, they, they're putting together great game plans uh, to stop some uh, tremendous offenses. Um, and if you look at our schedule, you can see that our scores are starting to, to turn out pretty nice, especially from our defense and, and what they bring to our team. Well, uh, congrats again on the win. And uh, uh, once again, I'm sure it's going to be a fun week as you get ready for Prep Bowl and the 6A title game against Centennial on Friday night. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're really excited. Well, uh, Jason Potts, thanks so much for joining us here on the CCO. All right, thank you. All right, there he is, head coach Edina. They beat number one Eden Prairie and legendary head coach Mike Grant, 28-7 last night. Uh, Centennial, uh, they had a big win in their semifinal over Lakeville South to set the stage. And, of course, the big school championship game Friday night at U.S. Bank Stadium, scheduled for 7.30, may go a little later than that. Quick break, we'll have an update on the weather. Then a Vikes a Broncos preview with Chris Thomas and former Viking beat writer now covering the Broncos out in Denver. We'll do that in a moment here on News Talk. E3O WCCO. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sunday at night football. Vikes Broncos from the Mile High City. Producer Josh Wheeler will have another scoreboard rundown with... uh, Jonathan Lowe a little bit later on in the program. Right now, I want to welcome in uh, our good buddy Chris Thomason. Once upon a time, covered the Vikes for the Pioneer Press. Now is covering the Denver Broncos. Chris, how you been? Hey, doing great. I've missed your weather reports. Excellent work. Yeah, yeah, it's going to cool down. Uh, what's the weather going to be like in Denver Sunday night? Uh, looks pretty good. I think the high tomorrow is going to be maybe in the uh, mid to upper 50s and I wouldn't, uh, you know, it'll probably be 50-something when the game starts, maybe drop into the 40s, but it won't be too bad. Yeah, and uh, Chris, this is a Denver team that, kind of like the Vikings, uh, have started to play better and uh, have resurrected hopes of maybe getting to the playoffs. Yeah, the Broncos have won three straight games after a one-and-five start, and earlier this season it looks like the only thing they would be competing for would be possibly the number one draft pick. I mean, they suffered a humiliating 70-20 to 20 loss at Miami in week three, becoming just the third team in NFL regular season history to give up 70. But then they beat Chicago the next week, and uh, they've now won three straight. And the, and the key thing, that same defensive unit that gave up 70 uh, you know, two months ago is uh, now playing great on that side of the ball. Yeah, and you look at things and how they've changed in the AFC. Some big injuries, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Buffalo is struggling. Uh, There is an opportunity for for Denver, and it just didn't seem possible. Same thing with the way the Vikes came out of the gate. You know, the Minnesota Vikings are now in a pretty good spot. Yeah, there's some similarities between the teams. Obviously, the big difference is the Vikings lost Kirk Cousins, but... uh, The Vikings' defense was horrendous last season and didn't start out too great this year, but they've totally turned it around on defense as well. So that's been a key to their five-game winning streak. And uh, But, you know, tomorrow's game is probably more important for the Broncos than it is for the Vikings. I mean, the Vikings, you got seven teams that make the playoffs, and there's kind of a big gap, you know, between seven and eight there in the NFC. But uh, the AFC is a complete and total logjam, and uh, the Broncos are going to have to make some noise in a hurry if they want to realistically get in the playoff race. 
They've got Cleveland next week. That's a team they'll be battling for for position. And then they've got Houston after that, another team they're battling. So uh, it's an intriguing game, no doubt. Yeah, and Chris, you, you were here covering the Vikings for a number of years for the Pioneer Press, passionate fan base. Um, you know, going out to Denver, covering the Broncos, um, they they are definitely into their Broncos. I mean, you know, and, and you can probably say that in just about any NFL market, but uh, the Denver Broncos, they're the big deal out there. Yeah, I think the similarity, a lot of similarities between yeah. the franchises, uh, except maybe in, in Super Bowl wins since the yeah. Broncos have three and the Vikings have zero, but both uh, teams started around the same time, Broncos in 1960, Vikings in 1961, and both have huge regional followings. As you well know, Vikings fans extend to Iowa to the Dakotas, and Broncos fans extend to Wyoming and Montana and even also to the Dakotas. So there's some similarities uh, in that manner. Yeah, let's talk about this team. A year ago, it was a nightmare. Uh, They've made changes. There's been a fair amount of turnover, Uh, you know, coaching, philosophy. Uh, They they spent a lot to bring in Russell Wilson. I mean, kind of give us where where this franchise is at because there's been a fair amount of turnover. Yeah, last year, from all accounts, was a disaster. Nathaniel Hackett as head coach, first year, didn't even last the entire season. Sean Payton comes out in USA Today in late July and calls it one of the worst coaching jobs in NFL history. And, uh, you know, Russell Wilson was a disaster last year in his first Denver season after they paid him all that money. But he's turned things around this year. 18 touchdown passes, four interceptions, and uh, it just, you know, takes some time. I mean, Sean Payton came in. They lost some tough games early in the season. If those at home, they lost to Las Vegas, a game they could have won. They blew a 21-3 lead to Washington, lost that game. So if those games had gone their way, I mean, they'd be sitting now at 6-3 uh, and three or so. But uh, basically they have resurrected – what looked like was going to be a really lousy season again. Yeah, and as you pointed out, the the nightmare against Miami early in the season, but they've righted the ship. What's changed defensively from that debacle? Well, they got some uh, players back from uh, injury. Justin Simmons, their star safety, had missed a couple of games. Baron Browning missed the first six with a knee injury. He's returned and made an impact as a pass rusher. Uh, a couple guy, other guys returned from injury, and they also made some lineup changes. They put Jaquan McMillan in at nickelback. He's done a great job. They put Fabian Moreau in at cornerback. He's done a solid job. They traded away Randy Gregory and put Nick Benito in at, at outside linebacker, although actually Baron Browning has uh, taken his spot. So they made some adjustments on uh, defense and got some guys back, and it's paid off. What about Sean Payton uh, in the in this move to Denver taking over? What what what's that been like uh, observing Sean Payton week in or day in day out week in week out? Well, he's a guy who's very secure in his position. Although he did come out and say uh, he made a mistake by blasting the former coach in the media, but. Uh, 
he never seemed to panic or get, you know, overly concerned when uh, they were one in five and also when they gave up the 70 points. But, hey, when you've got a five-year, $90 million contract or so, he knows he's uh, quite safe for at least a couple of years. And uh, he's got a Super Bowl win, obviously, on his resume. So he's uh, just kind of stayed the course. And it's uh, so far paid off with the three-game winning streak. And I'm sure uh, the the news of Josh Dobbs has reached the Mile High City how he kind of came in in relief and uh, is now the, the 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 number one story here day in and day out in, in the Twin Cities and beyond and what he's been able to do taking over ultimately for Kirk Cousins. Yeah, it's like Case Keenum part two. I was right. talking to yeah. somebody the other day. It's like, okay, does that mean that the Broncos are going to sign Dobbs after the season, and, and then he'll be no good anymore like Keenum. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, been a great story. I've been watching it from afar, and we'll see if he can keep it up uh, tomorrow night in Denver. Yeah, and you you brought up the defensive struggles for Denver. They get people back, and it seems as though the Minnesota Vikings from a year ago, uh, a team you watched and, and covered day in and day out, um, it appears as though that uh, Brian Flores has been able to work some magic with that purple D. Yeah, he's done a, a great job. I mean, Ed Donatel last year, a former Broncos assistant also, was pretty much just a disaster. They were 31st in the league, as you well know, in defense. Yeah. But Brian Flores, who's got a great track record, not only as an assistant, but of course as a head coach, with uh, Miami did a solid job and it's been well documented the controversy regarding his firing down there but yeah he's come in and turned that defense around and they play much more aggressively blitzing a lot and uh, the Broncos in speaking about the Vikings defense this week have been highly complimentary yeah and Dobbs brings something that Cousins didn't and I think maybe caught teams by surprise because he was so new and they, they didn't have a lot on him is that that's quite a change because Kirk Cousins didn't have the mobility and now Dobbs has made some plays with his feet and and that's kind of a double-edged sword while it can be good quarterbacks that run the football a little bit can take some shots yeah that's obviously uh, been a big difference no doubt Dobbs is mobility and uh it probably helps the Broncos, though. Uh, during the three-game winning streak, they've faced a number of quarterbacks with mobility. The last couple of weeks, they've uh, defeated uh, Mahomes and the Chiefs and Josh Allen and the Bills. And before that, Jordan Love of the Packers. I mean, he's, a, he's certainly mobile. So the Broncos have had some success, and they've been used to playing against uh, mobile quarterbacks. They had Justin Fields earlier this year. So uh, they might be ready for Dobbs more so than maybe some teams. Well, Chris, it's uh, always good to visit with you. And if people want to uh, read your work in the lead-up to this game tomorrow night, how do, how do they find your stuff out in Denver? Well, let's go to our website, denvergazette.com, or I've got the same Twitter account as before, Chris Thomason. So I uh, usually tweet out most of my stories. So, uh, yeah, it'll be exciting uh, 
seeing the team I used to cover coming in here tomorrow. Yeah, and then uh, some of your old buddies, some of your uh, guys, some of your friends that are still on the Viking beat. I, I, I'm sure it'll be quite a reunion. Are you buying dinner? <laughs> They're on the expense account. So <laughs> yeah, they need to buy it. Yeah, right. Fair enough. All right, Chris. Good to visit with you. Thanks for the time. All right. Thanks a lot, Steve. Have, thanks for having me. Yeah, there he is, Chris Thomas in Denver Gazette, uh, covering the Broncos now. It'll be the Vikes in the Mile High City on Sunday night. Sunday night football. Uh, and I, this is going to be tough based on what I saw. Now, the Bills are struggling. Uh, Allen's struggling. Uh, the Bills 5-5. Five and five. They're, they're kind of in big trouble in the playoff picture. But... Uh, Denver gave them trouble. They they have turned it around. Should be a big challenge on the road on Sunday night. Minnesota at Denver. Quick break. One more scoreboard. We'll get into that in a moment here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. D2 playoffs. August Tana beat Minnesota State 51-24. to They advance Bemidji State on the road. UT Permian Base and Beavers win 10-3. D3 playoffs, bad news. Bethel falls on the road at UW-Whitewater, 42-14. Minnesota Morris loses on the road at UW-Lacrosse, 62-7. Big 10, top 25 and more. Here is Jonathan Lowe. Thank you very much, Steve. Let's get to it as we go through this late early evening on a Saturday in the fall, y'all. College football here, there, and everywhere. We get it rolling in the Big Ten, and it is over. It has been over in Columbus. Three minutes to play, and number two, Ohio State, is going to roll over Minnesota, currently 37-3, and that will end Minnesota's bid to possibly win the Big Ten West, and it could all be over in the Big Ten West. Number 16, Iowa, just scored to take the lead, 15-13 on Illinois. That is 4.43 left in that one. If Illinois gets down the field and scores, the extra point was blocked, by the way, so a field goal wins it for the Illini, and they would stay alive for a Big Ten West shot. Finals from earlier today, number three Michigan holds on to get to 11-0. They beat Maryland 31-24. Michigan State wins over Indiana 24-21. Northwestern gets bowl eligible. What a story in Evanston. They win today over Purdue 23-15. Number 12 uh, Penn State defeats Rutgers 20 27-6, and coming up in just about half an hour, Nebraska and Wisconsin. Winner gets bowl eligible and possibly stays alive for a Big Twelve title shot, a uh, Big Ten title shot. Coming up uh, to the top twenty-five scoreboard, number twenty, North Carolina. They lead, or they trail big now at Clemson, thirty-one fourteen, with nine and a half minutes to go. Number twenty-two, Oklahoma State has turned it around and now leads Houston thirty-three twenty-three early in the fourth quarter. Number six, Oregon, easy day at Arizona State, forty-nine-three, with about fourteen minutes left to play in that one. North Florida, uh, uh, sorry, number four, Florida State, just getting underway with North Alabama. That is midway through the first quarter. Number thirteen, Ole. Miss today wins over Louisiana Monroe 35-3. Number 10 Louisville is a uh, gets a, a win late over Miami 38-31 gets to 10 and 1 on the season. Number 14 Oklahoma stays alive in the Big 12 title race 31-24 they win at BYU. Number 8 Alabama wins over Chattanooga 66-10. Number 24 Tulane wins at Florida Atlantic 24-8. Number 17 Arizona blows out number 22 Utah 42-18. Number 1 Georgia just finished off number 18 
Tennessee on Rocky Top, 38-10. Number 19, Notre Dame, gets a win over Wake Forest, 45-7. Coming up in just a few minutes, the Sunflower Showdown. Number 21, Kansas State at number 25, Kansas. Number 9, Missouri, later tonight, will take on Florida and Columbia. Number 11, Oregon State, will host number 5, Washington. Big showdown in the Pac-12. Number 15, LSU, they take on Georgia State. Number 7, Texas, will be on the road at Iowa State. In the Missouri Valley, at the half, in Cedar Falls at the Union. Dome. It's North Dakota State leading Northern Iowa 27-10. to North Dakota today wins over Illinois State 22-21. South Dakota wins over Western Illinois 48-6. It's South Dakota State staying undefeated, beating Missouri State 35-17. This will end the regular season, and then tomorrow they will have the selections for the FCS tournament. It is over in Columbus 37-3. The final uh, Ohio State covers. Yeah, they 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 covered. Yes, yes, they covered. Uh, in the Pioneer League, St. Thomas finishes their season with the win. They get to 8-3 and three with a 16-10 win over Valparaiso. Real quick one to touch on a couple other things. Division three volleyball, big matchups in the, in the sectional finals. Northwestern of St. Paul taking on Wisconsin Whitewater. Winner goes to the Nationals quarterfinals. Wisconsin Oshkosh hosting Laverne. Winner also goes to the, uh, to the National quarterfinals next week. Uh, and a couple other notes, a couple of soccer teams, Wisconsin lacrosse and women's soccer loses today at Wash U in St. Louis. Uh, and uh, St. Olaf, men's Division three tournament, they win in the quarterfinals. They're heading to the national semifinals next week. And, by the way, Timberwolves in New Orleans to play the Pelicans tonight. Wild bright and early against Toronto tomorrow. They got beat in Sweden Today by Ottawa, two to one in a shootout. We got to run. Big thanks to Josh Wheeler, Jonathan Law, and Steve Thompson. Have a great Saturday night. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.